Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening All right, SGR46, this episode we are talking about the gambling aspects to go over as far as week one of the NFL season. Um, I do want to do a little bit of explaining again at the beginning of this episode. You know, obviously I'm changing up a lot of formats on the social medias and with the podcast this year. In years past, uh, what I've done on my Twitter and on my Instagram is I've uh, posted a spreadsheet every Sunday of me picking every spread and every over under and then given kind of my three favorite in each category, three favorite spread bets of the week, three favorite over unders of the week. I still think I am going to release um, like my top three favorites in each category. I don't think I'm planning on doing the spreadsheet this year, guys. You know, I waste a lot of time trying to um, pick spreads for games that I just don't intend to bet anyways by doing that. And I just don't, I don't feel like wasting the time again, guys, this is just part of like how I'm handling the podcast on my own terms at this point. I don't want to waste your time or mine. So I am going to go over every game on the podcast, but some of these games I'm going to breeze over quickly. Like I said, on the last episode, I do have some interesting stats and some strong angles. There are about five spreads right now that I am looking at betting for this Sunday. I will, I will definitely have at least three, maybe four of them, if not all five. Uh, but I'm not planning on going too crazy betting the whole board this Sunday. Anyways, I'll tell you guys those five picks right now, just so you have that information off the bat. And then we'll go through this slate rapid fire. I'll break down the ones that I care about more in a little bit more detail. Any information that I have to offer, I'll give you. But some of the games that I just don't have an opinion on, we might not talk about. All right. So... Those five picks that I'm interested in for this Sunday are Pittsburgh plus six and a half at Buffalo, Houston plus three at Jack, uh, excuse me, versus Jacksonville. It's in Houston. So Houston plus three versus Jacksonville. Uh, Washington pick uh, versus the Chargers um, in Washington. Uh, Minnesota minus three at Cincinnati. And the Rams minus five and a, excuse me, the Rams minus seven and a half versus Chicago on Sunday night. Those are my five favorite spreads at this moment. And I will give you guys more detail as we go through the slate. Okay. So we're going to tackle all these games here. We're going to go quickly. Uh, the Steelers at bills one o'clock. We're going in order of how they're listed uh, chronologically. We'll do the one o'clock games, then move forward throughout the day. Steelers at Bills. Uh, Bills are a six and a half point home favorite over under is 48. And the reason that I like Pittsburgh here, um, I do have some stats to back it up. Um, if you guys, you know, rock with me for just a second. First off, Big Ben seven and two as an underdog against the spread in his last nine starts. Um, Pittsburgh 12, three and one against the spread as an underdog um, over the last three years. So um, this Pittsburgh team, I think they're a tough 
team. I've talked about them all offseason as being uh, overvalued. Um, Buffalo in the home opener, yeah, it's going to be an exciting atmosphere. You know, happy for the Bills fans that they get their first home game, you know, post-COVID. Um, but six and a half is too big of a number. I think this could easily be a one-score game. I think Pittsburgh has a shot to pull off the upset. I'm not going to call for it. Buffalo is a really good team, but people are not respecting this Pittsburgh team like they should. I think six and a half is kind of one of my um, favorite spreads to take. I'm kind of a psychopath as far as uh, I like to take the wrong side of key numbers a lot. I think if they're offering you a six and a half, it's because they want to trick people into betting the bills minus six and a half because they know that the the public Joe public here is going to look at this and say, I can get the bills under a touchdown. And the way that Pittsburgh ended their season last year, I think people are really low on them right now. And I think public perception is that this bills team is a locked and loaded playoff contender, which I'd agree with for the most part, but I told you guys, I think Pittsburgh is going to be better than people think. Um, So I do think that they're a live dog this Sunday. I think six and a half is too much. Okay. Um, we'll keep going with that. The next game that we're going to go over, Carolina and New York. So the Jets are a four-point underdog at the Panthers on Sunday. Over-unders 44. Uh, headline for this game, obviously, Sam Darnold revenge game, right? New coaching staff with the Jets. Uh, going against Sam Darnold being traded down to the Panthers this offseason. It's a Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold revenge angle against uh, their former team. The spread's four here. I've seen it at five on some books. I'm not going to spend too much time on this one. I don't have many tangible stats or trends for you here in this game. I will tell you, I do have one. It applies to a couple of the games that we're going to talk about here. But rookie head coaches in their first road game over the last 20 years are 32 and 51 straight up 49 and 32 against the spread though. So they lose the games, but they cover. And the theory is that we're getting a, um, an extra bonus on the spread. I guess we're getting more points than we should be on the spread. Um, because people are trying to fade these rookie head coaches on the road. Um, but they're covering. They're covering at a, a pretty incredible mark, 49 and 32 over the last 20 years. I do think this Jets team might be freaky. Um, free, I didn't mean to say freaky, but freaky sneaky, I guess. They could be a little sneaky um, uh, with head coach Robert Sala. They, people don't really know what they're going to look like. And I think it's kind of a revenge angle for that whole team as well. So I'll probably lean with the Jets here, but I'm not picking that one. I'm not going to bet that one. It's just too close to call there. I do expect a big performance from Robbie Anderson, but I think I've spent too much time on this game already. So let's move on. Um, Texans at uh, Texans versus Jags. Um, the Texans are a three-point home underdog. Uh, versus Jacksonville. I've talked to this one. I've talked about this one a lot. This is one that I'm going to be looking to bet this weekend because I'm a psycho, like I said, and I I don't know why, but I feel like putting my money on the Texans. I'm going to give you guys um, some stats to make my case here because uh, there's not much to go on as far as um, the depth charts. Really, neither of these teams are very talented. Um, but I will uh, say that that rookie head coach stat that I just mentioned about. Um, uh, road games that does apply to Jacksonville here. I don't really care that much, to be honest. Um, 
Also, rookie head coaches uh, favored week one or one and four against the spread in their last five. That one I do like as it shows a good chance to fade Urban Meyer here. Um, Tyrod Taylor in his last five starts uh, is five and zero oh against the spread. And that includes four starts uh, since leaving Buffalo. So he's undefeated against the spread in his starts uh, since leaving Buffalo over the last few years. Um, also, week one, divisional underdogs since 2009 are 46, 23, and 3 against the spread. Since 2013, it's even better, 26, and 9, and 2 against the spread. And since 2018, so we're talking just the last three years, divisional dogs in week one, 13 and five against the spread. Last stat I want to throw at you guys, uh, the number one pick in the NFL draft, that being Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, number one pick in the draft has not won their week one start since 2002. And that was Derek Carr on, on an expansion Texans team. Um, I think there's a, a huge emotional angle for this Texans uh, team to get motivated to try and grab a win and make the rest of their lives so much easier for the rest of the season as they struggle to win another game. So I've talked about that a lot. I'm on Houston there. Next game's Tennessee, Arizona. This is going to be a fun game. I really love the fantasy pieces. Uh, not very good defenses, um, especially Arizona. I think their secondary is horrible. I like Tennessee's defense a little bit better. Um, should be a lot of uh, fantasy points scored here. I'm hoping for a big day from Tannehill and the receivers against that Arizona secondary, like I said. I don't have a strong opinion. I'm leaning Titans minus three, but this is probably not one I will be betting, I don't think. I do think the Titans are a more solid team, but seems like a little bit of a trap line. I don't know. It kind of scares me. Um, I will say the Titans are 27-16 and 16 against the spread in non-conference home games in their last, uh, what is that, 43 games in that instance. So that's really all I have on that one. We're going to move on. This next game I am betting. we got the Chargers headed west coast across the coast to the east from the west, whatever you guys want to say. Um, the Redskins are a pick em, So it's basically, you know, no spread. You just got to pick the winner. And I like Washington to start the season 1-0 against this Chargers team. Um, again, this is a, uh, rookie head coach on the road. So that's not great for the whole, like against the spread thing, but there is no spread here. So we're really just talking straight up. Will he win or lose? And that, um, like I said, rookie head coaches in first road game 32 and 51 straight up. So we don't like them to get the win. We just like them to cover. There is no spread to cover. So I'll like the, the Redskins to win. Um, yeah, you fade these, these first year head coaches to win their games, um, the West Coast to the East Coast is always a difficult travel spot. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is 5-2 and two against the spread as a starter um, last year uh, with the Dolphins. And over the last two years with the Dolphins, 13-7 and seven against the spread in his last 21 starts. Um, this Redskins team I've talked up a lot. I think they win their division. Great defense. Uh, I just – I really like the spot. I think the Redskins win that game pretty easily. Um Next game, Philly and Atlanta. Not a strong opinion on this one. Should be a lot of points, I would say. But uh, your guess is as good as mine. Atlanta's a three-and-a-half-point uh, home favorite. Um, I will say that rookie head coaches in their first game uh, favored by um, more than – or in a spread uh, that's more than three-and-a-half. Um, 69% against 
the spread. So that's Arthur Smith. Let me read that again. I wrote a lot of stats down here, guys. I'm not that smooth this episode. I'll get better. Rookie head coaches in their first home game with a spread of greater than three and a half cover at 69% against the spread. So Arthur Smith's got a good trend going for him there. Um, I have my question marks about this Eagles team. I think they do have an advantage with the O-line and D-line, so that usually is a good indicator, but I just don't know what Philly's going to look like, guys. So moving on, um, Seahawks at Colts. Uh, The Colts are a three-point home dog. I lean Seattle in this one. I've got a lot of stats for this one. I'm not sure if I'm going to bet it just because this looks like another trap line to me, Um, but I definitely lean Seattle. Indy hasn't won a season opener since 2003. Um, Russell Wilson, on the other hand, uh, since 2000, excuse me, guys, I'm fucking up my stats. Indy hasn't won a season opener since 2013. Sorry, guys. Russell Wilson, since 2012, is 85, 69, and 6 against the spread. And 21, 15, and 12 against the spread in non-conference games. That's a good stat. I've also got some more backing up Seattle. Um, Indy, 1, 9, and 1 against the spread in their last 11 week one games. And 0, and 3 against the spread as a home dog under head coach Frank Reich. So pretty good nuggets there. A lot of question marks with Indy throughout training camp, health of Carson Wentz, health of Quentin Nelson. How is Carson Wentz going to play if he is healthy? Is this offense going to come together right away? A lot of question marks. Seattle's more consistent. Give me Russ and the boys. And then two more 1 o'clock games to go over. Minnesota at Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bengals plus three home dogs over under 47.5. I like the Vikings here. I don't trust um, Joe Burrow and his knee to be ready to start the season. I don't trust that offense to be clicking right away. I think there's a very strong chance this is head coach Zach Taylor's last year with the Bengals. I've heard a lot of rumors floated around this summer that um, offensive coordinator for the Panthers, Joe Brady, is in line for that next head coaching job in Cincinnati. He was the offensive coordinator for LSU uh, during Joe Burrow's senior season, where he went and had one of the most prolific seasons for a college quarterback of all time. Uh, Also, obviously, has that familiarity familiarity with Jamar Chase, who also was at LSU with him. So um, I don't think this Bengals team is going to be any good. I think this Vikings team is a lot better than they were last year, especially on defense. Uh, I know this Bengals team doesn't have a good run D, and I think Dalvin Cook is going to absolutely shred them. Look for a big Dalvin Cook week one. Um, I was looking at betting Dalvin Cook to lead the league in rushing this year, and I didn't do it just because there is uh, a man named Derrick Henry still living and breathing and walking around. Um, but I think Delvin Cook at 4-1 to one to lead the league in rushing. I think this Minnesota team is really just going to ride the rails off him this year. So I like Minnesota a lot there. I will be betting that one. That's one of the ones that stood out to me pretty immediately. I don't think people are that high on the Vikings yet due to the down season last year. And I think uh, based on the, the – the big names in the fantasy football community that might be giving the bank, this Bengals team more hype than they really deserve. Uh, they still suck guys. Speaking about a team that sucks. The Detroit lions are hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the lions are seven and a half point home dogs. 
Um, I don't have any stats for you. I don't have a strong opinion. I definitely will not be betting this game, but I will tell you guys, just be on the lookout. Some of these spreads seem too good to be true. Um, the Actually, I do have a stat for you. Sorry, I forgot, but um to my point you know it seems like san francisco should fucking crush this detroit team and you know san francisco's had the tendency to shoot themselves in the foot at time not cover big spreads um this detroit team if they're ever going to get up for a game it probably is you know week one here i don't know i mean this could easily be a blowout and san fran could win by 20 30 points i could easily see it because like i said Mostert should have a big day on the ground in my last episode I think uh, the 49ers can run the ball at will on this Detroit team. But all it takes is maybe, you know, some bad plays from Jimmy Garoppolo, a bad break on, you know, a fumble or a turnover or whatever. I don't know. Seven and a half is a lot of points for a home dog in week one. That's all I'm saying. And listen to this. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, who everybody just wants to annoy as the greatest football coach of all time, apparently, is 7-16-2 against the spread as a favorite in the regular season as the head coach of the 49ers. Uh, that includes a 1-7-1 against the spread record as a favorite of a touchdown or more. So he's only covered a seven-point spread one time as the head coach of the 49ers. Think about that. Four years, he's covered one seven-point spread. It could easily do it against Detroit this Sunday. Yes, this Detroit team should be bad. But I'm just saying, guys, beware of these home dogs catching a lot of points. We'll see. So let's keep moving. Next game, Cleveland's hosting uh, – fuck, guys. Uh, Kansas City is hosting Cleveland. So we got the Chiefs at a minus six-point favorite. Over-under is the highest of the week. I won't be betting this spread either. It's just uh, these are two good teams. Anything could happen. I do have some stats if you guys want to hear them. If I'm betting anything on this game, it is the under. I like to take Chiefs home game unders a lot. It may seem like the total opposite of what you want to do given the firepower on that offense, but there are some incredible stats. I don't have any prepared right now about the Chiefs' record of going under the total in their home games. It's phenomenal over the last uh, 10, 15 years. It really is that Chiefs' kingdom, uh, you know, it's a fucking wasteland for unders out there. And right now, because their offense is so good, uh, they're constantly having the highest over-under in the NFL week after week, and you can get a real discount because, look, even though the Chiefs are a great offense, just NFL games don't go over 55 points on – that consistent of a basis it's a high number so I do like this under I think Cleveland tries to run the ball slow things down I mean we saw that that conference championship game against Cleveland was not that high scoring of a contest so or divisional round whatever in the playoffs I think it has potential to go under but let me read you guys some stats about this game so you can make your own decision on this if you do want to bet it I have one supporting Cleveland. The Super Bowl loser is 4-17 and 17 against the spread in week one uh, the following year. So that Super Bowl hangover is a thing to consider. Um, if I had to lean somewhere, I think I would lean towards the Browns on this plus six. It seems like a decent-sized number, and I think Cleveland is going to have a strong revenge angle from that playoff loss last year. They still feel like they shoulda, coulda, woulda beat this Chiefs team in that game. Um, so I think Cleveland comes in with a chip on their shoulder, but the reason I'm not betting that is because all this shit scares me off. Um, 
Pat Mahomes, when favored by nine or less, is 23 and 12 against the spread as a starter. The Chiefs are 21 and 10 against the spread in season openers since 1971. Uh, Andy Reid is six and two against the spread in week one with the Chiefs. Uh, Pat Mahomes is three and zero against the spread in week one as an NFL starter. So all those things considered and just how stacked this Chiefs roster is, um, I'm not getting in front of this freight train, but I'm scared to back them also in this spot. So we'll move on. Uh, Patriots, Dolphins. The Patriots are a three-point home favorite against Tua and the boys. Um, I lean New England here based mainly on the fact that I think Mac Jones has played pretty well. It brings up some stability to that offense. I'm big on Damian Harris as uh, season long and for this week as far as his player props. I think Belichick is going to establish the run, make things easy on his rookie quarterback. And uh, I think he has the coaching advantage over Brian Flores, a former Bill Belichick assistant. Um, Belichick has a great track record of win-loss against uh, descendants of his own coaching tree. Um, and uh, this uh, this Dolphins team, you know, I'm starting to come around to the fact that I think it's Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, then Jets in this division. Earlier in the offseason, I was higher on the Dolphins. Um, I still am optimistic that Tua plays better this year than last year, but Belichick, I think, will be able to scheme up a plan for Tua and limit his breakout this week. Um, I just can't see Tua beating Belichick in a game of football chess. I just can't see it. Uh, also, that New England defense is going to be a lot better. I've mentioned it like four times on these podcasts, but uh, they're getting a lot of guys back from last year. So let's go. Let's keep moving. What are we going on? 20 minutes. I like it. Um, four more games to talk about. Let's move. The Broncos are going to New York to play the Giants. Uh, the Giants are a three-point home underdog. I'm leaning Denver here. Um, I don't really need an excuse to fade the Giants. You know, that's for sure. Um, I do have a stat here. The Giants are 4-14 four and 14 against the spread as a home dog since 2018. So uh, you think you're getting a value with catching the Giants at home with points? You're not. This Denver team, I've talked about how high I, on, I am on them with uh, Teddy Bridgewater bringing stability to the offense. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of ground and pound. Pretty low scoring game, I expect. 41 and a half is the total, and I think it'll go under most likely. Not a strong opinion here, guys. It's three points between two pretty gross teams, but I definitely lean Denver because the Giants suck, and I can't imagine Daniel Jones having much success against that Denver defense. Uh, Green Bay, um, this game's a little weird. Green Bay and the Saints are playing. The Saints are four-point home dog, but it's not a home game, really. They're having to play this game in Jacksonville due to the hurricane conditions down in Louisiana, um, which is obviously unfortunate. But, uh, you know, life life goes on. Um, that's, that's life in the Big 12, as they say. Um, four-point home dog, I think Green Bay covers this. I really don't see it. I think this Saints team is distracted here. The neutral site doesn't help. Um, I think that there's probably plenty of, you know, Packers fans that moved um, from up north down to uh, the Florida Jacksonville area. And there's probably going to be a decent amount of cheeseheads in that stand. Um, surprising amount, probably, because unless you think about that angle of the retirees going down there, you know, you're probably not thinking there will be many Packers fans in Jacksonville. But uh, 
yeah, this Saints team lost too many pieces on defense this offseason. There's too many question marks with the missing pieces on offense also with, you know, Michael Thomas not being there. Traquan Smith is uh, not even a guy worth mentioning at this point. You know, the pass catching weapons, not many big names there right now. Not many guys that you can really rely on. It's just kind of Jameis, Kamara and the gang. And uh, I just think Green Bay is too good of a team. Uh, like I said, um, I don't see an emotional angle for this Saints team to be inspired to play hard because of the adversity that they're facing. I think it comes as more of a distraction right now. I don't think they get that emotional spark until they're back in the Superdome. So sucks for Saints fans, but this might be a tough sled in here for a couple weeks. And then we got two more games, the primetime games. I told you guys I really like the Rams to beat the shit out of the Chicago Bears on Sunday night. Spread seven and a half. I'll probably have a ticket on this one. I like that they're giving us the hook on seven and a half. Make you think about maybe taking the Bears with the points. Uh, Matt Stafford, such a big upgrade at quarterback. What more do I need to say? Andy Dalton should not have any success against this, this uh, L.A. Rams pass rush and that secondary I thought about I didn't do a, a, a season awards episode because um, I didn't have any strong opinions. I wasn't going to bet those anyways. But one player, if I was going to pick my defensive player of the year stuff, you can still get uh, Jalen Ramsey defensive player of the year at like 28, 29 to one. And I think he's got a shot. I mean, if that Rams defense stays dominant with the loss of John Johnson and Troy Hill in that secondary, I think Ramsey gets a lot of credit. I think they still can be very good. And uh, I don't know. He's coming into the peak of his career. Maybe he just goes off for like seven, eight picks, gets that D-Roy or that D-Poy. So I really like this spread. I don't have any stats or trends to back it up. It's just a gut call. Uh, the Rams are way better than the Bears. I like the spread. Seven and a half. It's easy. Last game. Not a strong opinion, guys. Ravens at uh, Raiders for um, Monday night. Spreads four and a half over under 50 and a half. If I had to pick this, I'm leaning Raiders right now. Um, four and a half point home dog on a Monday night. That's a decent amount of points to be catching. This could easily be a field goal game. I think the Ravens are clearly better than the Raiders, but um, a lot of turmoil in Baltimore this week. It really sucks that uh, they've lost three running backs in the last 10 days to torn ACLs. Um, they're having a piece, their running back committee together and, uh, Lot, that's going to be a lot of distractions, a lot of stuff going on with that coaching staff trying to figure out how to get their offense up to speed with these replacement players. Uh, the identity of that team is their running game. So we'll see if they can just, you know, pick up right where they left off or if it's going to be a little bit of a speed bump. Big angle for this and main reason for taking the Raiders. This is their first home game with fans since moving to Las Vegas. So that that stadium's going to be packed and rocking. Uh, with the uh, black hole that moved over to Vegas out in the desert. So I think just the environment in itself, um, I know I bet on this Raiders team to cover and win as an underdog in their last game in Oakland. Similar vibe, right, with the uh, home crowd and the emotional angle. Um, I think it's going to be too much. So Monday night, prime time, first home game in front of the Vegas fans, give me Oakland. And I think they're a live dog. It might surprise some people, but Baltimore could easily start 0-1 and the Raiders could pick up the upset. So, yeah, guys, that's the week. You know, those are my overarching thoughts. Um, I gave you like five games that I'm most likely going to bet. I don't have any locked in right now. I typically wait until Saturday or Sunday to place my bets so I can get all the last minute 
injury updates, line movement, um, all that stuff. I do, I will be posting all of my bets that I place uh, on the Instagram account this Sunday morning before kickoff. So you guys will have that info. That's really the best way to get down if you're trying to tail any of my action. Uh, but these podcasts are just kind of a way to more explain my thoughts and get into more detail and have some fun with it. So um, that's how I'm feeling about week one. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be probably going heavier on the player prop side of things than I will with spreads for this week. Um, I think there's just so much value in, you know, some of these players that haven't broken out yet with some of the, some of the low over-unders like I talked about in the last episode. So that's really more what I'm interested in this Sunday. I hope you guys, uh, you know, have fun um, watching the games, betting on the games. I'm so happy that we're back to football. We're going to try and keep this going, you know, weekly here throughout the season. Um, so, yeah, guys, week one, it's almost here. Uh, we had some football last night with the uh, Bucks Cowboys, so we're in it now. Let's do it. Thanks for listening. SGR 46 in the books. Ramble on.